AI and machine learning are becoming more deeply integrated into people's everyday lives, both personally and professionally. Whether it's through a smartphone, music app, or workplace software, AI continues to solve problems that we may not know we even had. From VSA Partners, this is AI Plus Design, a podcast about the merging relationship of artificial intelligence and design. I'm Scott Tyson, Interaction Design Lead at VSA Partners. We're here today with Jay Srinivasan, co-founder and CEO of Spoke, a service desk ticketing system. Spoke is a self-described, simpler, smarter way to handle workplace requests, and it's catching on like wildfire. Welcome, Jay. We're excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Spoke, and specifically how you discovered the need for this kind of tool. Yeah, so... uh the sort of simple description of Spoke is it's a delightful, easy-to-use internal ticketing system that answers basic questions for you, triages requests and sends them to the right folks, and most importantly, learns with every interaction so that it gets smarter and handles more of the repetitive stuff for you. So Jay, what does it mean for the way we leverage AI with design to solve problems? Well, so taking a step back, the, uh, the sort of basic premise of Spoke is that uh, in an organization, people spend an inordinate amount of time looking for, A, who knows what, when they need something, who do they go to for help, and B, um, what the answer is to common questions. And you can think of simple things like, what's the guest Wi-Fi password, um, how do I update my 401k, or more complex things like, hey, I'm in the sales team, um, I'm talking to a customer and I want the latest case study about how our customers, uh, how our product helps enterprise customers. Mm-hmm. In all of these situations, you have uh, two things. One, the uh, the sort of uh, the the trouble people go go to to find the right answer, like figuring out who to go to and asking for help. And then on the recipient side, you find that a lot of people are responding to the same things over and over again. And so this sort of situation where there's people looking for information and another group of people that are doing the same thing over and over again is a perfect opportunity for AI. Um, Essentially, wouldn't it be great, which is what we're trying to do at Spoke, to say, look, uh, we've answered this question before. Instead of having this person, instead of waiting two days for someone to read their email and respond, we've learned the answer to this. Why not respond automatically? That's the basic idea behind Spoke. Sure. I mean, I can think of even at our own offices how many times a new client come in, comes in, there's a meeting, we can't get the Wi-Fi up or we can't get on the network, we, and we chat someone, they're not at their desk, we Slack someone, you know, and, and yeah, it probably happens more times than we even think about on it, a regular basis. I mean, if you want to use like statistics, there was a McKinsey study a few years ago that said something like one-fifth of your work week goes to just finding information. And in fact, not not processing the information, but literally looking for it. Sure. And Sometimes, so, yeah. And obviously, the larger your company is, the more complex it gets. I can even think about times when I've like, all right, I need to contact this person, or you rely on human memory. Like, who knows about this particular thing? That person leaves, you forget that, or this, you have to find someone else who's an SME on a particular thing. Tribal knowledge. There's tribal knowledge all over your organization, and how do you extract that in some sort of elegant way and make it available to your colleagues? And so you're saying that Spoke can do this. It can learn this, remember it, and then always be a universal source of that information. That's the goal. And so uh, sort of here's the very simple uh, flow of how Spoke works. At the end of the day, what it is is a ticketing system. In other words, when I need help from somebody else, I should be able to ask for help. And the sort of first thing that we do, um, for example, you mentioned that, hey, sometimes you chat someone, sometimes you walk by their desk, sometimes you send them an email. Yep. These are all different ways in which people do work. So the first part of Spoke is we allow you to 
take all of the, uh, we allow you to talk to Spoke through whatever uh, mode of communication you're using right then. So you mm-hmm. can do, you can send a text, you can talk to Spoke on Slack, you can send an email, you can use our web interface. And so first thing it does is just collects all of these tickets in one simple interface. The second thing it does is to say, look, um, if it's seen this question before, it's able to automatically respond. If it's not seen this question before, what it does is intelligently, based on the question that you're asking, try to figure out who the subject matter expert or who the team in your company is that can answer this question and then routes the request to them. Once they respond, so we then give them the simple interface where they see all the requests coming in, and the, and the sort of key motion, the, the aha moment with Spoke is when they respond to this request, if they think they're responding with a repetitive answer, yeah. they can tell Spoke to remember it for them. Hmm. So the sort of core workflow at the end of the day is ticketing. We want to make sure nothing falls through the cracks. But the sort of magic moment is using that ticketing flow to learn and then automatically respond the next time the request comes in. Interesting. There's two things that you mentioned there. So the first is you can assign SMEs essentially within an organization as as someone that Spoke can draw on, right? Correct. Okay. And then the second is, how important was it that to make multiple interfaces as part of the, the Spoke experience? Because if I think of our help desk ticketing system, for example, or our travel, each one of those is a separate thing that's either a web app. I guess it's only a web app, actually. Maybe, yeah, because our like our IT desk, for instance, not to slam on them, but they don't want emails. They don't want chats. They only want us to go through that single interface, which requires a login, requires us to kind of go through a whole set of filtering dropdowns. And, and, and it, it's probably a five minute process every time you need to do it. Exactly. So th- th- there are a few points. And the cool thing is they all tie together here. So one, um, completely empathize with your your <laughs> IT team. There's a reason they ask you to fill out that form because they want to provide you the best possible service and the worst possible service is to forget your request. And so the whole notion of a ticketing system is I don't want anything to fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Now, the sort of cumbersome, archaic ticketing systems that most people have, the challenge with them is that they're only accessible through a very, very clunky web interface or email. And so when your colleagues ask you to fill out the ticket, they're doing it for a good reason. Right. So in the case of Spoke, there are the, 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 we talked, we mentioned the machine learning, but in reality, sort of the crux of Spoke is taking a design first approach to how people actually look for help and how people respond. So for example, making Spoke multi-channel, allowing requests to come in through Slack, SMS, email, and web yeah. is intentional because that's how people communicate in an organization. Yeah. For example, in when you use Spoke and our stats among our customers, something like 60% of requests in Spoke actually come in through Slack. 20% come in through email, 20% come in through the web interface. What that means is given the choice, only one out of five requests comes in through the traditional email method and the rest is through things like chat. And so offering that up is incredibly important because if you don't do that, what's going to happen is people are going to still chat. People are going to ping you on Slack and you're still going to be getting your tickets and you're going to drop the ball on Slack, et cetera. So offering this multi-channel aspect is incredibly important. Similar, the same notion applies with the SMEs as well. So uh, Spoke knows who knows what in an organization and routes requests uh, appropriately. But if you gave the SMEs the super painful experience that they need to go through every time they need to respond re- to a request, they're not going to do it. Yeah. So again, Spoke is built in such a way that the ticketing interface is is intuitive. Your design team, your marketing team, your sales team, your HR team, your office management team can all use it as well as 
your DevOps or IT team that's familiar with ticketing. And so sort of like weaving in design to the interface is the most important thing, both in terms of how people talk to Spoke as well as how to make it easy to respond to requests in Spoke. The the product designer, Dieter Rams, he was, he was a legend at Braun, and a lot of his work is in the MoMA, for instance, clocks and razors and things like that. I want to mess up his quote, but essentially he said something that an indifference to the user and their environment is the biggest sin you could make in design. So Spoke's ability to kind of get us wherever we are when there is a problem is, to me, like a huge upgrade in terms of an experience for, for something like this. Absolutely, and um, sort of the how that mantra translates into our product and design team. Um, obviously, be incredibly user focused, but also um, think about simplicity whenever possible. Yeah, um, you mentioned drop downs and fields and forms. Um, how do you do? You really need all of that. Um, when can you eliminate aspects of your ticketing system if it's not used? And you know what's even better than having a really simple interface? Having no interface at all because the system learns it for you. So that's so for us, machine learning is an extension of the simplicity of the design approach that we're trying to take. It's awesome. What when is when is this AI experience in the workplace really productive and when is it not appropriate? Like are there certain circumstances when it's better than others, for instance? Um, sure. So Let's start with sort of the the business case first. Um, I like to think about AI applications within the workplace specifically. Uh, so we're not talking about self-driving cars. We're not talking about like scanning a bunch of cat images and figuring out the right uh, Cheshire cat, et cetera. But <laughs> when talking about workplace uh, interactions, there are basically two things that you look at. One, you look at the frequency of the interaction. If someone's If someone's only doing something once a year, yeah. Probably not frequent enough for AI. Um, and then you want to look at the, the second axis is a combination of uh, complexity as well as who owns that interaction. So when you have so ticketing, for example, the you people look ask for IT help frequently within an organization. So it's not a one-off thing that happens once a year. There's sort of a steady stream of IT requests, and then there is a small group of people in your company that are handling it on a daily basis, and they're constantly getting context switched out. That's a good use where you have frequency and you have one person that really cares about the problem. An example of something super frequent, for example, calendaring, Every day, everyone in your company is calendaring. Yeah. You would think, hey, why aren't there a bunch of AI solutions that help calendar? And in, in, in principle, there should be at some point, there will be. But the business challenge there is, there's no single owner in your company for calendaring. Everyone has a little bit of calendaring. So at least in the short term, as I see it, workplace AI is going to show up where there are a few people that feel the pain of constant repetition all the time, mm-hmm. and there's sort of frequency across the organization of, of the use case. Mm. Um, unless you can find a calendaring uh, enthusiast who also has budget, <laughs> but that's right. <laughs> so kind of that one-to-one problem versus like the one-to-many in some ways, right? There's, yeah. How to identify that, I think, is pretty interesting. And, and the interesting thing here is uh, the reason for, again, AI in the workplace has to, a, it has to solve a specific problem for a, a, um, an individual or a small group of people. Yeah. And they need to recognize that um, what the AI is doing is handling sort of the simple repetitive stuff so that they're able to spend time on more creative things. So there's this... Um, uh, 
your AI, it's interesting, AI in the workplace actually, uh, uh, certainly the type of things that Spoke is doing isn't replacing jobs yet. What it's trying to do is to say, look, you have only so many hours in the day, we wanna make sure that the hours that you have are productive where you're spending creative time. But that requires the person for whom Spoke is working yeah. to recognize that and want to use it. So there's this sort of, uh, it's important for someone to truly feel a pain because they need to be willing to bring in a solution like us. Sure. I mean, even going back to your stat about if it's really one day a week on average that people spend thinking about trying to solve and, and, and doing requests like that, the gains could be incredible. Exactly. We talked before a little bit about like almost the sweet spot of where Spoke is targeting customers and, and, and businesses of certain sizes. Is, can you elaborate on any of that? Yeah, sure. So um, we intentionally are trying to build a solution for SMB mid-market companies. So our sweet spot right now is, let's say, 100 to 1,000 person companies, or even 100 to 500 person companies. And in those organizations, you probably have a handful of IT folks, a handful of HR folks, a handful of folks in marketing, et cetera. Um, we are intentionally building for this market for two reasons. One, um, it's traditionally underserved, especially when it comes to AI. Yeah. Um, there are a, uh, a few companies that, that go to super large corporations and say, look, you get 100,000 password re- uh, reset requests uh, a year, we're gonna help you automate that. Versus the, the space that we're operating in with the 500 person company, you're probably getting 20 of those a year. And so uh, we are focused on these smaller companies, A, because we think they're underserved, but B, it's actually a really good opportunity to not take a brute force approach and instead use a design first approach. So in, in a situation where I have 100,000 password reset questions, I can learn from that. In a situation where I have 20, sort of taking a traditional machine learning approach to learn from that is insufficient. Yeah. And so at that case, in, in that situation, you need to get a bit more creative. Um, so what Spoke does, for example, is to say, look, forget about AI. What Spoke is, is a super simple ticketing system. When someone asks you for help with the password reset, we'll make sure that request is routed to you and it's easy for you to respond. Now, what we then do is we use the design of our web portal, we use the design of our ticketing system to when, uh, to essentially learn when this person's responding to this request. So when you assign a ticket to somebody else in mm-hmm. Spoke, mm-hmm. that's a learning event for Spoke. We learn, oh, this is the person that knows the answer to this question. When you type a response, which you would do anyway, we're saying, hey, that ty- response that you're typing, we're going to learn from that. We basically, uh, uh, we don't have a s- explicit, hey, go do this to train Spoke step. We just say, look, do your normal job. We will use that to train. And so... Um, the the sort of uh, when you're uh, building a product for uh, smaller companies, you need you're essentially there's going to be data paucity. You're not going to have as much data as you want to learn from, and so you right. need to sort of take an approach where the end user is actually teaching you and giving you extra learning signals for machine learning. And the way to do that is to design a product well. Interesting. You know, I think about how many people are afraid of AI or getting spooked because Alexa is laughing at them over the you know, speaker and, and, and even in a bigger role about jobs and productivity and careers. But in my mind, this seems to be a day-to-day experience of that simplification and amplification of what humans don't necessarily need to spend their time on. So two very simple points of that. One, if someone has a, if you have a wiki document with uh, about healthcare benefits, the implication of putting that out there is that you want people to read it. 
The problem is people aren't able to find it, so they still keep sending you tickets. What Spoke does is it just points people to that document that you've created for them anyway. Right. So most of the time, what Spoke is doing is actually just surfacing something that you wanted people to find anyway. Um, at, a, at a broader level, though, the... Um, what Spoke is doing, and I think this has something to do with sort of where the modern workplace is going. The modern workplace, um, your colleagues expect convenience. They expect to be able to communicate with you in whatever way is easy for them, Slack, SMS, email, web. They expect sort of instantaneous responses. They're used to self-service. And so uh, if anything, a system like Spoke, one, gives them the ability to talk to you however they want, the multi-channel input, yeah. but two, it gives them this. It, it actually gives them what they want, the self-service, while freeing you up to focus on things like employee experience. Um, if you had a, you could either go home at six thirty instead of seven o'clock because those seven tickets were handled automatically by Spoke, yeah. or you could actually spend that time if you're an HR professional on culture or or recruiting versus answering the four hundred one k question again. If you're the IT person on the next security uh, uh, posture that your company is going to take versus answering the password reset question over and over again. So um, it's 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 actually something uh, we we we're building this for the people that. We build this for the people that help people in their companies, right? How do you how do we free them up to to do more to to add more value to their colleagues' lives? Have you found that there's any habitual or cultural things that companies have to overcome when introducing spoke, like habits of pinging somebody? Because there's an example on your site in in the demonstration, and it's happened to me dozens of times at VSA. Does anyone know where this particular logo is, right? And so now I have to stop my thinking, my work, and address that because it's probably urgent. But how do how do people culturally have they? I don't know. Have you figured out anything there is or feedback? How they overcome that cultural habit of going to spoke instead of their normal like ping SME one or two or three or absolutely. Um, there are sort of three steps to that answer. One, um, you give them the best possible experience and they naturally, uh, water flowing down a hill, they'll naturally gravitate towards, if it is easier for me to ask Spoke versus walking to the next building and uh, and talking to Steve, you give them a better option. That's, that's one. Okay. Uh, two, um, as part of rolling out Spoke within an organization, we recognize change management is an important aspect for us to keep in mind. So, we actually do things like we'll give you posters to put up on your wall. We will uh, give you email templates to use. We'll give you this small deck, fun deck that you can use during your company all hands. There is absolutely an, an explicit uh, change management uh, Got it. action yep. that you need to take. But here's the third thing. Um, Assume that people are still going to do that. So, for example, um, there's a previous email address that I contact every day. Well, forward that email address to Spoke. Um, there's a if someone pings you directly on Slack, in Slack you can call Spoke and file the ticket there. So you're going to assume that people are still going to do what they're going to do, and we need to provide you the agent the tools to then pull that into Spoke and teach the end user. So when someone walks by your desk on, uh, and asks for a question, you can create a ticket in Spoke, assign the requester uh, as them, yeah. so that when you respond, they'll get a response from Spoke. So they took their previous action, their normal action by coming to your desk, but you're responding to them in Spoke. So it's going to have to be all of these to, uh, to move people over. Is there a period of time like when a, a company adopts Spoke that some of the things it needs to learn about that particular company or certain issues 
obviously there's some setup with SMEs and, and, and particular requests, but where it becomes, I, I mean, it, it, it gets smarter over time. We know that. Is there a starting period where it takes a little bit of time to kind of get it rolling? Um, two answers to that question. One version, and in, in fact, in our minds, the ideal way to use Spoke is spend no time setting it up. Because what's happening before Spoke? You're still getting these requests. So you Spoke to get these requests, and as you're getting them, Spoke learns. Yep. Unlike a sort of traditional machine learning model, we learn immediately. So we're very quick at learning stuff. But come for the ticketing, come for the super easy to use ticketing system, stay for the AI, right? That's, that's one approach. That's right. it. Not everyone wants to do that. And so we're building a bunch of tools where you can import knowledge on day one. So if you have Google Docs, for example, we'll automatically index your Google Docs and throw it into Spoke. Yep. We have a massive library of common questions that people get in every company. So there are all these things that we do, but in reality, the uh, you don't want to spend too much time setting it up, maybe like sure. half a day. Sure. And then within a month, you're going to find that it uh, it, it knows most answers. Interesting. It's fascinating. I mean, one of the things that I like about this as a solution is that, first of all, the ease of use is what you're talking about in, in terms of the number of places people can access this whenever the moment strikes them. But also, we've been talking about accessibility issues, not only like with interfaces, but with you know people's demographics and ages and even level of technical sophistication and natural language seems to be a really great way to help solve a lot of these problems. Absolutely, right? Um, if someone still prefers, so in terms of some people are more comfortable using chat tools, some people are more comfortable texting, some people are more comfortable using email, yeah. you need to obviously support all of those. Um, if the, the way Spokes API is built, in principle, you can have an, an, an Alexa in every conference room or whatever, and you should be able to talk to the Alexa. Yeah. Uh, you should have a kiosk at every kitchen where you can ask Spoke a question, right? So regardless, so yes, you want to be uh, accessible in whatever way is convenient for folks. Um, natural language is, 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 is fantastic, and it's sort of like a, a, a boon and a curse where um, the... Uh, Yes, you want to be able to talk to Spoke like you talk to a colleague, and we allow you to do that. But that also means then that very different people ask for the very same thing in very, very different ways. Sure. Um, like the sort of common example that I always use, um, when you have a baby in the U.S., you need to add them to your insurance using a qualifying life event form. Yeah. Unless you're an HR professional or you've had a previous child, you don't know what a qualifying life event is. And so... For, uh, some, somewhere in the system, Spoke needs to learn that adding baby to insurance means qualifying life event. And that's kind of where, again, going back to this whole design in the ticketing system, if you ask Spoke, hey, how do I add my baby to insurance? Spoke sees insurance and baby and sends it to the HR team. Yeah. So it routes the ticket. When the HR team responds, they're teaching Spoke that what this person means is qualifying life event. So the, the, the curse of natural language is that everyone asks for the same thing in different ways. Yeah. Then you need to have a system like Spoke, which can handle all of that, make sure there's a human backstop, and then forms that association with the right answer. Oh, that's awesome. I guess the only other thing that I haven't asked, we didn't talk about the last time either, is is other languages and, and how are you guys dealing with that at this point where you are in your company and, and your I don't know, hopefully future client base? We're, we're a little less than two years old right now. And so sir, as a 25 person company, we need to be sort of focused on use cases. So we are and uh, we are spoke is optimized for English language. Yep. Um, and to some degree, I would even say American English. That said, um, there are a few different parts of the natural language processing. So for me to... Uh, 
match a phrase in English to the right answer, spoke in principle works equally well in matching a Japanese phrase or a Hindi phrase to the right answer. So that part spoke right now can serve multiple languages. Sure. However, we don't just match phrases. We look at synonyms. We look at sentence structure. We look at groupings of words. We look at common IT terms. All of those right now are very much English language. In fact, U.S. English. Uh-huh. And so over time, we'll be adding sort of language support for other for other tools. But our NLP and our AI works out of the box much better in English right now. Well, it seems like... Um, first of all, it's all fascinating, and I can't believe that. It seems like the, the potential for what Spoke could do over the course of time is is going to take you through the roof. I mean, it's it's amazing. Well, uh, we, we hope so, and we're excited about it. At the end of the day, um, how do you make it easy for people and organizations to be happy and productive by giving them access to the knowledge and services they need? That's a huge problem. And so, yeah, that's uh, we're, we're, we're trying to solve it. Really exciting, Jay. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks and I so uh, love the conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it.